0: Hello and welcome to Force for Thought, the show brought to you by the folks who like to watch their heroes get manipulated into committing atrocities, dumped, sliced in half, and burned by the people he trusts most in the galaxy. I'm Luke. I'm Max. And I'm Matt. And this is Force for Thought. Hello there. Kenobi premiered its first two episodes on May 27th, 2022, and here we are one year later to look back at it. So... We have a lot to say, and mm-hmm. I just want to get right into it. What were your first impressions? We all rewatched it in yes. the last week or so. Mm-hmm. What were your first impressions on rewatch, and has anything changed for you since your first watch?
1: I think a lot changed for me. I think initially I was one of the most excited I've ever been for a show. I think you guys were at Celebration when it premiered, correct? Because mm-hmm. I remember texting you guys. And I was I was staying up late to watch it. Uh, And dropped like an hour early, I believe. And I remember being so excited. But yeah, it was a little different for me watching it the second time. Um, That's all I'll say for now. Maxwell. Um,.
2: It's interesting. I feel like it didn't change at all for me. I feel mm. like I feel like when I first watched it, I judged it at kind of the same level I, I have it at right now. The mm-hmm. only big difference was obviously we were waiting week to week to watch the next episode, and I was surprised by how quickly it actually went by when I did rewatch it. When we proposed this idea, I was like thinking in my head of my schedule and when I'm gonna find you know small increments of time to be able to fit it in, um, and it turned out to be surprisingly easy. They they went down they went down smooth, and I feel like when you watch them all back to back, it kind of amplifies the experience because you don't have that pain of waiting a whole other week and letting those questions kind of linger in your mind but
1: also love that week of waiting and questioning it's a a love hate relationship i loved when it came out i like the release like we talked about two episodes was great out of out of six but then also being able to watch it back to back again is is a very different experience
0: yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, Max. I didn't have many different feelings my second time watching it through as I did my first. I love the show. I'll, I'll give it a quick out of ten, and then a Star Wars out of ten for me. I don't know if you guys want to go on that same scale or just want to do it out of ten once. But as a, as a TV <laughs> show, <laughs> out of ten, I like give it to an uh, as a TV show out of ten. I give it a nine. As a Star Wars show, I give it an eight. So
2: really, really high. Yeah, that's pretty high up there.
1: That is pretty high.
2: I didn't think too much about what I would rank it as out of ten. Probably, I would probably give it a seven.
1: I did because of IMDb, and I'm a addict with ranking things and and rating things. Um, I think out of Star Wars as well, I'd give it an eight. Um, eight, which, which is kind of again, it's it is hard to distinguish nostalgia and Star Wars versus mm-hmm. whatever. And like, there is part of me that is like that. Um, snooty filmmaker liking stuff not me as a filmmaker but like liking films and stuff uh, but then there's the other part of me that is like a full nerd and so I think with that I would yeah I'm just gonna stick to my 8 where like for example I would get, give Andor a 9 and Book of Boba Fett like a 6.5 to 7 if I can give point fives
0: okay okay uh, what are the overall strengths and weaknesses of the show? Do you think? We're gonna dive in. Yeah, That's... let's go with you. Let's start with strengths.
1: <laughs> oh, let's start with strengths. Let's yeah, not start on, pos- on the negatives. Um, I think overall, again, I guess I'm more aligned with you guys on rewatching it. The biggest difference, I guess, was just having that experience of watching it in one full go versus waiting a literal a literal week for the next episode. Um, overall, I think very key notes. I can dive in a little bit deeper, but I think this is a show that does fan service correctly. Um, I think there's a lot of nostalgia tied to it with the characters that we're seeing and I think it does it really well Um, I think it pays off a lot of fan service in not a a total obvious way. I mean, obviously, yeah. the hello there. Everybody was waiting for that moment. I don't want to get too But they did in it in the deep... Deep... perfect way. But they did. And yes. it felt like a payoff versus like instantly starting there. And it's like, well, that my was. My
2: experience with that was a little different because for some reason I didn't see it coming. I just saw him walk up to there. And like in that you moment. You
0: didn't see it coming when he was walking up all no. slowly? No. That, blo- that blows my mind. The
2: only thing I could think of was like, oh man, this is the first time that he's ever meeting Luke Skywalker. Like, that's crazy. Like, I never thought of it. And I was like, thinking to a new hope. And when, when Luke says, like, I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi. So I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, he definitely knows of him they would have met at some point and i was like this is the first interaction that's so crazy and then he said hello there and i was like oh my god of course it
1: was (laughs) i think just really quick top level notes as well i think it does action scenes really well i think the acting is fantastic i think i don't understand the flack for the cg or the scenery whatsoever i think they're able to show a lot of cool stuff on a tv budget which was amazing um for a little Not a little known fact, but uh, a little fact out there, too, is that each episode cost $25 million, which is significantly more than Mandalorian, for example. And I think... Really? I don't think it looked any better or necessarily worse, but I was confused why people said it looked looked bad. And then I also think the music is fantastic. John Williams only scored the the intro, the main Obi-Wan Kenobi theme song, and I think that is one of the best themes of recent years. But I think the rest of the soundtrack is fantastic, and I also think that it is a predictable but very fun ride to go on. Mm -hmm. those are top level notes of why it's good
0: Uh, i'll I'll jump into my strengths i agree with you on a lot of stuff um i think kenobi's character arc obviously like that's just saying i like the show as a whole but i would be remiss if i didn't mention it the lore surrounding Mm -hmm. leia and the hidden path i thought was great i i love i'm a lore junkie i love when they introduce new stuff especially in an era that we know so well that we've always been kind of wondering like what are all these characters doing? Like, there's no rebellion for so long. Like, mm-hmm. where are the good people in the galaxy? And I, I love seeing that.
1: Hidden Path was super cool,
2: I thought. And the name drop of Quinlan Voss. Yes. And
0: yep, that was super cool. Uh, Ned B is the other strength that I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. I loved Ned B. How he was silent and how yeah. action speaks louder than words. And that was. That was, I mean, it was on the nose, but it needed to be on the nose, and it was perfect.
2: Yeah, because up until Ned B, correct me if you can think of another example, but just about every droid was either like the the comic relief, like oh he'll say like a funny quip here, or they'll just have like the beeps that are always kind of like cute and adorable, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So Ned B was like the first one to really break that mold of just being like the the completely silent stoic character who and was cool. a hero. He mm-hmm. he shielded um, Tala so that she could uh, close them in and blow them up, and it was yeah. Yeah, it was good.
0: Max, what do you got for strengths?
2: I got I got a lot. I liked I like Kenobi quite a bit. Um, First, it's the the overall uh, story between Obi Wan and Vader. I think really worked well. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. From Obi Wan's moment realizing that Anakin is alive to his duel, um, uh, in which you know they have that final confrontation, and uh, he says, uh, you know. You didn't you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. I love that moment and it just it's such a, a satisfying ending to their stories, where they are now, but knowing where they're going to be in the future as well, right? Because the question that everyone had going into it was, well, how are they going to confront each other and rematch? Because we saw how they ended on Revenge of the Sith and we saw how they get back together on the Death Star and a New Hope. And everyone's headcanon was mm-hmm. that they didn't interact in between there because mm-hmm. we had no reason yeah. to believe that they did. Um, but I feel like they Added that in there so well. And again, going back to what Matt said about like incorporating fan service but not being too over the top, I absolutely love that moment after Obi Wan and Vader's duel when Obi Wan walks away and he just kind of quietly calls him Darth under his breath. Yeah. I love that moment. I think that's so funny because like people always kind of wonder, like, why do they, why does Obi Wan call him Darth in A New Hope? Like yeah. there's multiple Darths, you know, like that's just kinda mm-hmm. like a weird thing. Yeah.
0: It's his accepting that Anakin is gone.
1: Yeah. I, that's what I think. Not to get, we. Have, I want you to continue, but I I don't understand why people's bi- one of the biggest complaints people had was that he just left him, damaged and broken, um, and I feel like it made sense for his it's his, his mo his character <laughs> yeah literally. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go back. Go That's really funny, Luke.
2: I mean, it does it does call into uh, a question. I think a lot of like the Jedi beliefs, right? Because I think the easy answer to that is just saying like, well, he's he's a Jedi. That's what they do, right? Like they don't like they don't really kill someone like. What happened?
1: So he did it twice. That's I'm still laughing at what Luke said. Oh, <laughs> yeah. was his mo, just <laughs> yeah. leaving him to suffer. Uh, sorry.
2: Um, <laughs> well, the first time he thought he was gonna die. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. It was a real but, like a yeah. Um, but just no, I I, I I think the the story, the overall story between Obi Wan and Vader, really worked. I really liked it a lot. Um, Obi Wan's uh, personal arc was uh, uh awesome, concluding with him finally reaccepting. Um. You know, the fact that he is a Jedi and that he can't just kind of shut it out. Um, And having that result with Qui-Gon finally reveal himself and saying like, I was always here. You just weren't ready to see me. Um, I really like that a lot. Uh, Vader's arc being blinded by uh, revenge resulting in a little scolding from Papa Palpatine. Uh, Obi-Wan and Leia together. I really like their duo. I like them a lot. I thought, uh, I don't know the actress's name who plays the young Princess Leia, but I thought she did a really good job. Um, I really like the scene where they are on the uh Frick's transport yes. and he's giving her the the backstory about her her mother. Um and yeah, that's a, a beautiful moment that could bring a tear to my eye. Um Vader and Riva's duel. Yep. I think that's probably oh yeah high very high up there on my list of it's best Star good. Wars duels. There's so many amazing moments in this series. And it's so perfect too. I mean Vader he he throws her aside like a ragdoll without ever igniting his own lightsaber. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. he just sidesteps all of her all of her attacks and then eventually strips her own lightsaber does that thing where he disconnects them and then just uses her own lightsaber against her and it's yeah it's awesome and um i could keep going about all the strengths uh, mm-hmm. but the other one that i want to highlight is order 66 i yeah. i don't know if i'm just like a masochist but i feel like i could watch order 66 from a million points of view <laughs> a million times <laughs> it, and always be happy with it. it's such
1: a massive event in star wars that like how can you not see the entire galaxy basically go through the same thing simultaneously? There's a million different stories. So, mm. yeah, I 1000% agree. Again, from a mascot's, oh my God. <laughs> you don't want to say a Max's perspective? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say
0: that there are a lot of obvious beats that the show has to make because we know where Obi-Wan starts and we know where he yeah. ends. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it's the journey that makes the show. And there are so many points that I'm like, of course, that had to happen. And there are so many points i like, I can't believe this is happening, and I was shocked that I had the exact same experience one year later on my rewatch. Like when Obi Wan is burning on Mapuzo and Vader is just dragging him through the coals. Mm-hmm. I remember when I watched it the first time, I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe this is happening!" And then I was rewatching it again last week, and I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe this happened." The,
1: yeah. yeah, such that's an amazing a, that's moment.
0: A good
2: scene.
1: Yeah. What's your structure like? <laughs> I didn't read the thing. I want to see if I. I don't want to go off on a tangent and start from like. Uh, no, no, no. Go
0: ahead. We're, we're just going to talk about weaknesses next. Oh, but. okay.
1: Before we drop it, I, I, I have a lot more positives as well to get into. But I also like. What did you guys think of the intro? Because I kind of forgot they gave like a four and a half minute recap of like the whole trilogy of Obi Wan, basically. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. And you see a lot of prequel stuff. That's, yeah, that's exciting. They I liked
1: it. Lead up to it, and it's like I know some people are like. Oh, they saved you the time from waste to, from watching those movies, but it's like, no, I think I think that sets it up really great, and also, you know does that nostalgia work up front so the show can kind of live on its own and I think Kenobi being cut off from the force is something that is really cool and it's something that like that is obviously a theme kind of within this like Disney era a little bit same thing with, with Luke Skywalker he just cuts himself off and I think that's like something that you can do and I think it's rightfully so that he he does that and he he doesn't use it until the second episode where he catches Leia mm-hmm. when she falls off the building and I think it's a great moment because it's like all I want to see is, Luke, is, is Obi-Wan be really cool and ignite Mm -hmm. his lightsaber and be the badass like we know he is but i think being able to like kind of build that pressure build that tension and then finally have that release of him like saving somebody is a a great moment and it is like a great payoff
2: and i really like when he's in fortress inquisitorius on ner when he is kind of starting to get back into the groove of it and like you can like see that in the choreography like he like adds like Mm -hmm. an extra like lightsaber twirl in there and i remember every time i Every time I see it, I always catch it, and I'm always like, oh, there it is. He's, he's kind of getting his swagger back. This show does a tremendous job of
0: storytelling through lightsaber combat and uh, other yeah. combat in general, yeah. which a lot of other Star Wars kind of throws by the wayside, but mm-hmm. this show is great at that.
1: When yeah. Leia is being held hostage in uh, in the lair, and the lights go off, and all of a sudden yeah. the, the saber ignites, yeah. and it yes. gets that one stormtrooper, and it goes off, That's and cool it goes moment. back up. Yeah. It's one of the coolest moments in the show. I mm-hmm. think it's so cool.
2: Yeah, the visuals of that
1: scene is is really cool. I do like that moment a lot. All
0: right, so there's a lot that there is to like, but what were some weaknesses you guys wanted to bring up?
1: I had a little, I had some, I had some downsides. I think, I, I don't understand the hate for Revo. I don't understand really the hate for the show. But with that being said, I think it does have some problems, right? Like with anything. I think the writing is another problem. Same thing with kind of like Mandalorian a little bit, where sometimes I feel like, and it wasn't even the dialogue. To me, where Mandalorian suffers with dialogue, I think Kenobi suffered with some scenes. I think they, like you said, Luke, they wanted to get from point A to point B. And I think they had that in mind more so than what made sense for the scenes to fill that time. And so sometimes I was...
0: Do you have an example?
1: Well, for example, I know, I, I hate to bring this uh, this scene up even, but like when he's smuggling Leia out from the jacket. You don't like that? It's fine. But I, I be like, I think you said this last year when you're like, the beard is the bigger giveaway. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, I always are, thought about Imperials that. Imperials
0: do not have beards. No. And Obi Wan does.
1: And that's fine, right? But it's like, and not a well kept one. No. But like shaggy
0: and long. Honestly,
1: yeah. if you, but like, think about it, right? He's put in that situation, and it is kind of a, like a dumb thing, right? It's like I understand that, and that doesn't really bother me. But you could have just rewrote it to to be anywhere else. They didn't need to leave through that main that main hangar bay either. So I think one of those things is just like, oh, okay, they need to confront Reva somehow. How do they get there? And it's like, oh, well you can make it whatever you wanted. Yeah. And so I think they're kind of making things for themselves. like They want to get point A to point B, and then they rewrote it. And we also know, right, they ditched the scripts um, originally written because they were too bleak, right? So part of me is wondering if they if they try to salvage it, and then they kind of did some rewrite and some punch-ups, and so that's why we get some sort of unevenness in in the writing a little bit from time to time.
0: I did not know that, but I, I agree. It is outrageously bleak at times, like the Obi-Wan burning scene or yeah. like another moment that makes me drop my jaws when that guy is getting you know his wages stolen by the guy that Obi-Wan is working for packaging yeah. the meat and Tatooine. And you know he says to Obi Wan, "You got a problem or or something?" And yep. Obi Wan just puts his head down and walks away. I like, feel
1: like it was probably a lot more of that. And then two other really quick things is I think sometimes Leia feels more like a plot device um, than an actual character. And I feel like it's like, "Oh, Obi Wan has to go to this person and this person and save her." Where honestly, I like her as I liked her as an actress. I think she did a great job, and I don't understand the hate for that either. But I think what would have been almost better is if we see her in episode one, she gets captured. We see her then in episode four, and she's a prisoner, and then he finally saves her in episode six. Versus her being the character we have to go throughout. Because it is just hard when you have a kid that young. And then it also, you just toe the line of what we know and what can be. And when you toe the line, I think, of what we know, it it gets dicey. And it, it recontextualizes some things. But the fact that she had so much face time with Kenobi can come into question, I think, when they meet in A New Hope and stuff. So just say they just met in episode six and then he saved her and then they leave would be good. With that being said, I do like their relationship and I do like what he says to her.
2: Well, I feel like they wrapped that up very well though. I don't I th- have any problem with.
1: I think so too. But I think they. I it's one of those things again where I think they wanted to cram it in as much as possible where I think Leia could have been served better by being a little more underutilized to be honest. And I think the other biggest thing for me is that this is movie material. I don't think this needed to be six episodes. I enjoyed watching it on a week-to-week basis but I think some of the things feel a little thinner uh, like the writing, like those scenes. Um, and I feel like when you stretch it over a course of six movies or six episodes, things can get a little thin and couldn't get a little uneven. I think this is perfect movie material to be a two hour and 15 minute movie. Um, and you can have those side characters come back and they feel like they're not useless. Like I remember we were thinking uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. was going to be Kalen Voss. And then it's revealed mm. that he's not, and it's like, Oh yeah, they're not even doing anything with him. And by the way, he's only gonna be in like an episode or so. Yes,
0: Roken was my number one weakness. And yeah, and I so was very disappointed that's with him. Because well, think... what what was he there for? He, yeah. he just like vehemently opposes Obi Wan joining the path, and then nothing happens, and then he's like, All right, General, how can I help? And it's like and then why else... why are you here if you're not gonna stick to your convictions or offer any sort of opposition or any development and for you anyone cast else?
1: A relatively known actor yeah and so i think that's the thing so where if you do a movie thing is very tight every scene needs to be in there for a reason versus some filler right you can still introduce all of this interesting thing these things obviously now we're a year later and they're just now announcing three movies so obviously there's some tension there they didn't want to do a movie they wanted to see how their uh t the tv space would work out for them so that was my biggest gripes it's basically just the writing i think leia felt like a plot device from time to time and then i also feel like the it could have been a movie versus a miniseries. Or a show depending.
2: I think that is all fair. Very fair. Yeah, I think the six episode TV series was kind of like a weird middle ground. You're right. They either should have shortened it up to just be a movie yeah. or spend more time with the writing and like flesh out some of yeah. the stories a little bit more. Um, like what you were saying with Roken. I had I didn't have any issues with Roken uh, other than what you pointed out, which was that one line. But I think that's just bad writing. Um, but it's
0: one of his only lines. <laughs> yeah. Well, ex- no,
2: it's not one of his only lines, but we'll we'll talk about that in a second. I, I just want to be clear.
0: I, yeah. I said a, that's all very fair. I that's mostly very fair. I disagree with you a, a good mm-hmm. deal about your opinions on Leia. I thought they treated her sure very well.
1: My only thing was in in this in the landscape of presumed eight episodes to make sure that like toning it down to six is kind of a, is a, is a clear sign that should have been a movie. I think okay. or or expanded.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you that I think it would have been better served as a movie. Right.
2: Uh, my. I, I agree that some of the some of the writing and some of the delivery was pretty lackluster. Unfortunately, for me, I feel like ninety percent of it was with Riva specifically.
1: Yeah, I th- my my You're a my big I got some notes on that was, too. Was Riva?
2: Yeah, and, and, and from the, in the rewatch, from the writing of her to the delivery, like there was just so many weird things. Like uh, a lot of her dialogue was just overly expositive. It wasn't natural. The directing of her style was weird. Like they had her like, yep. and and the biggest example I'll probably bring up a lot was her interrogation of Leia. Like I feel like that was just such a mishandled scene in there because like there was such a good opportunity for Riva to be like like a really like a conniving like manipulative interrogator and like get inside Leia's mind or something. And instead it just resorted to her just like basically pounding on the table saying, tell me where they are. And it's like, she's a 10 year old girl. Like I think there's a better way of getting this information (laughs) out of her right now. But I think, again, I think that just kind of comes down to like, the writing a lot and some of the directing went like... She, I feel like she was shouting a lot and it's it's weird when a villain has to shout because I feel like it's a weakness I was... and that's why like overall as a villain she didn't really work for me. Like I, I never really cared much for yeah. her when she was on the screen or anything like that. Which
1: I... F- bouncing off of that really quick because one of my Reva notes was like those scenes I 1000% agree and I feel like the root of the problem is, is not her as an actor or anything it's just the idea of a villain being inherently angry is a bad place to start Kylo Ren is inherently angry but we get so much backstory with him we get so much time to spend with him and I feel like with Kenobi Kenobi drives the story forward and we get hints of Reva if it allows us to if, mm-hmm. if, if she's interacting with uh, Kenobi or Leia, versus in the sequel trilogy we get to spend time with Kylo Ren by himself which we rarely do with Reva which means we have to understand her off the gate which is why she is just yelling all the time and I and feel why like
2: all of her dialogue is just very expositive exactly. and unnatural and... and then
1: that's my problem is that sh- they decide to shoehorn in this whole thing with Vader and it's like that's super interesting, but it's like that's that would've been a great reveal within a within a three movie arc if she's the one we're following. So that's yeah, Sorry, and that was on.
2: the other the other part of my critique for Reva's character too was that her backstory was kind of convoluted. She wanted revenge on Vader because he she knew that it was Anakin and that Anakin killed her Jedi family, so now she hunts down other Jedi to get close to Anakin so that she can kill him. Basically, doing exactly what he did, but ultimately, (laughs) ultimately realizing it in the end, right? She, when she went to go kill Luke, she did see herself in him and she finally realized like, oh wait, I, if I do this, then I am Vader. And it's like, okay, good. You you got there, but like, this seems like something that you should have, like, realized a long time ago. Going so, to Luke, too, but you can But you can, you can also, like, write it off, right? Like, in my head, like, I'm like, okay, well, she was blinded by rage. She was consumed by the dark side. But there's still, like, that little bit of mental gymnastics that you kind of have to do to get yeah, there. Yeah,
1: which you shouldn't have to. And then why did she go for, for Luke? Like, that was the yeah. biggest thing
2: was just, like... Just for revenge.
1: I know. and But, like, it's not clearly stated or even easy to understand. You're like, wait, what? Like, what? I understand that Kenobi has a connection to that. But it's like, I know she heard that transmission, but, like... So, I just
2: don't so it's it's a personal pet peeve of mine when people just like kind of critique something or say like oh I didn't like this this was stupid this was bad without offering anything up for like a better way of how it should have been handled. Yeah. So if you will entertain me for a second, I think the way they should have handled Riva was to a just make her a a bad guy just just hate in her heart i, agree. I i'm kind of done with um redemption uh, the redemption stories not not just necessarily in star wars but in, uh, in life. like it's very common yeah in pop culture in general i uh fast x just came out i haven't seen it yet but i'm assuming that jason momoa joins the crew by the end of the movie <laughs> um the last marvel movie i saw was Quantumania and even like modok had a weird redemption arc that didn't make sense like it, it's it's in everything i see i feel yeah. like and i'm done with it like i just want to see like a good bad guy and i feel like Riva could have been just a genuinely power power-hungry Inquisitor who just wants power and wanted to kill the Grand Inquisitor so that she could be the Grand Inquisitor and then when she finally achieved that rank had her sights set on being Palpatine's right-hand man, Chief Enforcer and then that's why she wanted to go after Vader like basically I just all out over a power Love trip. that, yeah. And it, it doesn't have to change that. what I just said too changes nothing about the story or how it plays out other than you would then have a confrontation between Obi-Wan and Reva where he would have to stop her but I also feel like that's something that was missing from the show. She never had any sort of confrontation with Kenobi. No.
1: And then no mental gymnastics. I'm so sorry, Luke. I feel like you're consistently like going to say something. So yes, no mental I, gymnastics. I have been on the verge of <laughs> sorry. saying something yes, brilliant for the last 10 do, minutes. All right, do it, do it, do it, do it.
0: Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I did not find a problem with Riva on my first watch or my rewatch, but a lot of what you're saying I'm agreeing with. And I think the, the best term is unnatural. So much of it is unnatural. And they're right on the precipice of a great story with Riva if they what you just said that they had her connect more to kenobi cuz she goes through her final character arc off screen basically like she goes yeah. tries to kill luke which and it's unnatural because luke can't see the lightsaber for canonical reasons and then she just doesn't kill him and then kenobi shows up and there could have been a great moment where you know obi-wan failed anakin and anakin became the very thing he swore to destroy and then obi-wan basically says that reva did not become the very thing she swore to destroy but they just kind of like fumble the ending at the one yard line and they were so close to having it be a redemption point for Kenobi and for Riva, and they didn't kill Riva, which is very rare in Star Wars to have a redemption story and have them not die so there's mm-hmm. a lot of great story opportunity in the future that I would love to see her in coming up but
2: I, I agree with that. Given everything that I just said about Reva, I would not mind seeing her again. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, th- what we were talking about a couple weeks ago is that I feel like this is the perfect opportunity not to kill a character. Star Wars is being smart and they're saving her. With that being said, I hope they actually pay her off and actually go forward with it. Like I'm glad Disney is sticking with Rey. And like being able to actually stick to their guns and doing something they think that is is correct, and I think that like when they did this, what they did solo, they obviously gave up because there's multi millions of dollars of being made. But like I still hope they pay that off at some point, right? I hope so. Like too. all those characters are so cool, and I think Reva's the same thing. Is like you can't just leave her open ended, and then like in, and then in 15 years when the fandom accepts her. <laughs> then they do a, a random spin off. It's like, yeah. no, let's use her now. Like right. You set it up, stick to your guns, and do it.
2: So I, I do have a lot of thoughts about where they go from, uh, from this. But before we do, I want to bring up the only other weakness that I have with the show, yes. uh, which is that some of the coolest moments we already saw in other media uh, yep. for the first one being fortress inquisitorious obi-wan sneaking in uh to save his friend and then having to sneak out that was literally like the ending to jedi survivor and not and as like cool jedi fallen order uh yes. fallen order the excuse me one. Yes. yeah uh fallen order and it was it was so cool in, in the video game and so it was like it was literally the exact same um although i do appreciate that they they did like pay close detail to what Fortress Inquisitorious looks like because it looked like it was straight out of the video game and I really liked that. That's true. Um, I thought Moose I tomorrow,
1: it was great. Yeah. Everything was so cool. I think set design wise which is mm-hmm. why I'm so confused. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we uh, did get to see a lot of cool Vader's set
0: design. That was one of my weaknesses was Mapuzo was yeah. very... Bah. bad it was in a, my mind it was like, an
1: alleyway I, and then, a, then it was just it looked
0: like the foothills of los angeles like it was, it was a desert yeah. but not really it was just it looked so like somewhere i've been a thousand yes. times which is the opposite of what really? i look for in star wars and there's been so many like you see coruscant and it's amazing and yes. dayu is new and amazing yeah. and alderaan the first time we see that and it's amazing yeah. and mapuzo was just such a fumble
1: on mapuzo it's really cool to see uh, one of my favorite scenes in the whole show is when, which is not really a surprise, is when Kenobi senses Vader for the first time. When he's walking through the alleyway and he, he kills that guy. It's so eerie. Like, mm-hmm. the sound cuts out. It's super creepy. I feel like we've all kind of had that. Maybe it's that feeling when you're playing Hiding Seek and you can see the person coming to find you. And you're <laughs> yes. like, oh, like I'm, a, I'm hiding. But it's like it's, it brings back that feeling. And I think that really, uh, I, I don't know, I really love that scene. And obviously the Vader. And because of the f- Kenobi... No, he, he- I mean just Fight.
2: wearing a mask makes it scarier too because yeah. you're like, Does he see him? I don't know. And you never yeah. like you can't see the expressions on his face, so it like it just makes him so much scarier like when uh when they're on Mapuzo and they're dragging Obi-Wan out of the fire and they're running away with him and you just like stay on Vader You for know a good second. Watching. Yeah, and you but you have no idea what he's thinking nope. and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you also like him in the back of the tank, Kenobi? Oh yeah. Just it just mirrors Vader a little bit and it's like that's cool yeah, yeah. Same, same thing like, with vader in
2: the back of tank too like, oh watching yeah. him like get his arm screwed on and everything yeah. yeah everything like that i was like yep I, I like watching that
1: loved when uh kenobi like says anakin and it cuts to that sound and then you see him yeah the very, at the end, of of the very end of the second episode I think yeah that is an amazing moment that wow. was yeah it's so cool before we move on
0: um, yes. uh
1: actually My hold weaknesses on sorry never the got only, got to. The uh, only
2: other thing i was gonna say too was um the uh the helmet slash Yes. When oh, I said, yeah. when I said the best Rebels, moments we've mm-hmm. already seen, that was literally in Rebels. And again, I watched this scene of Vader's uh, uh, rematch with Obi-Wan a bunch, and it doesn't take me out of it. Like I don't hate the scene for that, but it is kind of cheapened by the fact that it was already done.
1: Yeah, I, I just feel like they could have done something different. With that being said, you see Hayden Christensen's face. I love the voice work on there where it bounces And the between. colors
2: that they use, yeah.
1: I love it. It's so cool. But yeah, I agree. It's just like, that's a little odd. That there are multiple moments that are just kind of rehashes of things, which, yeah, I don't know. I
0: agree. And that, that's that's how I feel, too. Like I, It doesn't bother me. I still love it. But if I'm just thinking about it, it's a little odd.
1: Yeah, it's a little odd.
0: But the, the other weaknesses I wanted to bring up, uh, number one is the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. I thought, I was so excited to see him. And then looking back at the series as a whole, it seems like Deborah Chow, or whomever wrote the series, wrote the series. And Riva was the... Grand Inquisitor, or whatever, and then they brought it to Disney Lucasfilm, and they're like, um, actually, the Grand Inquisitor is the Grand Inquisitor, and they're like, oh, okay, uh, put him in the beginning, and then, uh, we he's dead, kind of, and then he can come back at the end, and he's not dead. Yeah. Like, it, I feel like they were very tied canonically, and they didn't handle it perfectly. The
1: same thing where if it was a movie, you could have had Reva and the Grand Inquisitor be side by side the entire time, and then by the end of it, she kills him, and then it's like, oh my god, that's crazy, and then, or then he comes back, or whatever. You realize he's not dead. Or Kenobi could have been, like Andor, just say 12 episodes total. Because it feels like we are set up with him, but how much more interesting would it be if we end the season with Reva killing the Grand Inquisitor and then we're left for a year to wonder? And then in the beginning of season two, They bring up
2: so much stuff. I disagree with that just because when Kenobi was coming out, I was so annoyed by all the flack that it was getting every single week after every single episode people saying like, oh, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense. Because every time I keep telling people, why don't you just wait until the end of the show? No, Mm -hmm. I agree. I'm sure they will address it. And if you just gave people that much time to stew over it, I... Oh, people would hate it?
1: Yeah. That's true. I guess that's true. I just mean like story, I know, I, I guess he, Grand Inquisitor might be a bad example for the fact that he, honestly, canonically, he has to be alive or in it, and that was super annoying to see that full week, and then, like, two episodes later, he was like, oh, yeah, it's like what we all said, he's got two stomachs, or whatever, like, um, whatever nonsense, but I, I feel like, just, like, building that story up, though, even to make it more satisfying to have him be in it a little more, because he is so cool, and I also don't mind his design, like, I know people are like, oh, they could have done this, the same thing with Cad Bane, and they could have done this and that, but it's like, Whatever worked practically, like, who am I to say? Yeah, like, I, don't, who, I don't hate
0: the design, but I, I think the character was, was not the best. Yeah. So, uh, the,
2: the, the thing with The Grand Inquisitor, when I was watching it the first time, you do kind of have those questions in the back of your mind. And I was... I, I will say that i'm very proud of myself because i was always the person to say like let's just wait to see how this plays out first before we critique it but in the back of your mind you do have that question right like why did they just kill him off right there like i know he has to come back and then when he does come back you you just kind of like throw your hands in the air and you're like there you go finally like are you happy now like we we told you to just wait yeah you got what you wanted there's your answer
1: i I think that's the problem sometimes with like the fandom in general it's like it, it those reveals aren't fun anymore because people have beaten them to death over seven days only. And you're like, oh my God. People and are just
2: impatient. Had this been yeah. a movie, like you said, into a, a tight like two hours or something, yeah. then it would have been like, oh, okay.
1: I also think one of my biggest things with the show, that I guess negative-wise, that feels more natural to bring up now, is that it is a show that re- that relies a lot on reveals, I think, with Leo. I think with like even like Jimmy Smits when he's in <laughs> Kenobi's cave and it's like, oh my God, who is that guy? And he takes his uh, hood offense, I remember and the think, first
2: time watching that, you have like those butterflies in your stomach, and you are like, oh, "Who could it be?" Yes, and then it's Baylor. You're like, okay, <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Sense. And so I think
1: rewatching it, a lot of those moments are like, "I know who it is." Get on with it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I feel like when you rewatch the uh, the original trilogy, there is not like those big anticipated reveals, and that's like the only. I guess that's not like fan service, but it's like I don't know those moments. I think are a little bit wasted. You are you are getting twenty second reveals consistently that are like. All right. Yeah. You know, I, with that being said, something I, I brought up a couple of weeks ago, Flea, the Red of Chili Peppers, did not take me out of it um, as a bad guy, because he just always looks like a bad guy. As a bad he, guy, he didn't
0: take me out of it, but that sequence certainly did, with them chasing Leia through the woods. It that, did. With, that was a little but hard. But I, yeah, I love the setup
1: when he's like, I'm just waiting here, and then she's like, oh, what are you waiting for? He's like, for you. I was like, oh, that's a creepy line. That's true. Yeah. But and, then anything that preceded that was, yeah, a little goofy. <laughs>
2: Kind of like what Luke said about how like you you got to the one yard line, but then you just fumbled it. I feel like that's the case with Flea. Yeah. He is such a weird looking person. Yeah. Why did you keep him as a human? Throw some, slap some makeup on him, make him an alien. The, the guy already looks like he's this, an alien. The
1: same reason they did this. Well, that's what they did with Thundercat and Boba Fett. You're just like he's got like uh, his who? normal dreads. He's the artist basis guy. Um, he was the guy who was uh working on. Who was he working on?
2: Fennec Shan. Yeah, he mods. was working on Fennec Shan. No, he was the no. one who made the mods. He was the modifier, I yes, guess. Yes, the okay. modifier. That guy. But,
1: like, that... Again, semi took me out of it, but, like, Fleet, for some reason, didn't. But, yeah, I think... But that's another great scene is the chase scene that feels like she needs to get captured. Let's make a fun chase scene. And where it's like, you could have just wrote it different. Like, Fleet could have said that creepy line, and then all of a sudden, two goons could have came out and attacked her, right? So like, we don't need to know Leia is super badass. We know she is already. We've seen it. You know what I mean? Or maybe she's not yet, and she can grow into it. Also, her using her friend in the beginning uh Lola? is great because that's like a great oh. a little padme uh yeah, i feel that, like callback handmaiden yeah. yes exactly yeah. it, it felt uh, really reminiscent of that which was which was cool which i didn't really catch yeah, on, a second, a re- on the second that's a really time. Cool.
2: that's a great moment i agree right i remember the first time i saw that i had that split second of like what the and then she <laughs> was like where's leia and i'm like oh okay that's not leia we're good <laughs> Uh, The last weakness
0: I'm going to bring up, and that'll lead us right into season two predictions and hopes, is, regrettably, Qui-Gon is one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, and Mm -hmm. I was so excited for him to be in this show. I had my Black Series Qui-Gon toy with me every episode, waiting to open it up (laughs) the first time he came on screen, and they saved him for a little more than a cameo at the very end. Now, if they do a season two, Qui-Gon has great potential, and it can be some of the best stuff for me personally so it'll probably be my favorite star wars stuff ever if they have obi-wan and qui-gon like delving into the force and what it means to to serve the light and everything Mm -hmm. i would love that but i wanted it in season one and we really didn't get it and i did open my black series toy at the end of episode six but it just it just felt a little hollow by then because i wanted it so badly sooner
2: so again going back to like (laughs) offering up like differences you know that they could have done with that i feel like it would have made more sense for qui-gon to come to obi-wan when he was buried under that rubble during his battle with darth vader because i feel like the show had ended so nicely and then like as he was kind of riding into the sunset and qui-gon shows up it was like a weird moment where i'm like Oh yeah, this has to happen real quick because like they hinted yeah. at it very obviously, like from episode one, like you knew Qui Gon was going to come back as a Force mm-hmm. ghost. Uh, it's just a matter of when. And then like to have it like tacked on to like such the end, it felt like a weird like the first time I saw it, that was my reaction. I'm I mean, like, oh yeah, I forgot that this has to happen. I That's... feel I feel
0: the same way about um, Lupita Nyong'o who plays Maz Kanata mm-hmm. in the Last Jedi. I feel like yeah. they have her on the payroll. They made the whole movie and forgot her, and they're like, oh crap, uh, they'll call her. Here in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Why can't you come help him? Yeah, there's a you, trade dispute. Yeah, union dispute. <laughs> they don't want to hear about it. Move on. <laughs> just shoot it. it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, that's, I feel like... Um,
2: the writers taking notes. Uh, don't want to talk about it. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I, can, I can work with that.
1: I don't think Liam Neeson wanted to be in it, though. That was his biggest Why thing. Why not? Yes, he did. He was in, he's in The Clone Wars. He
2: I, had, I, I don't believe a single actor anymore when they say, like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm done with that. It's like, you'll you'll come back. But I, if, if the if price is they right, really want you... You'll come back.
1: Which is why it cost $25 million to get <laughs> Ewan McGregor back, probably per episode. But yeah. I feel like I, I agree. I feel like why wouldn't he come back? Liam Neeson has become a generic uh, action star. And it's like, yeah, everyone loves Qui-Gon Jin. And I feel like it makes so more sense with that being said. I feel like they did include him at the very end as a hope for a season two. Because I feel like the filmmakers, Deborah Chow, I feel like uh, Ewan McGregor all genuinely really love Obi-Wan as a character and also the story. So I feel like including Obi- uh, Qui-Gon Jin at the very end as a little tag opens up to questions if versus if you include it in episode, you know, in, in, early in the episode, it's like, that was awesome. And then how do we end this? Yeah. Where I think including Qui-Gon is like, oh, season two, we'll be in it. So I 1000% agree. I, we just... It makes sense to have Obi Wan and the Qui Gon together in a prequel era esque, you know, those actors and stuff together.
0: Yes, and there are rumors, however substantiated, is up for debate. But George Lucas's treatment for Episode Seven, Eight, Nine, when he sold Disney, was going to be about like the inner mechanics of the Force and like going and like investigating the midi chlorians and like going to the microscopic world of the midi chlorians and like really delving into what the Force oh. is <laughs> and <laughs> really doubling down. <laughs> I know, but I think that they could do something maybe not so intense but something like that with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and just like really delve into the Force and those are the two characters that make the most sense to do it both actors are here for it I think they could write something really
2: great for it go to the go to the midichlorian realm midichlorian I mean Qui-Gon Mania. is basically
0: there in the Clone Wars he's he's I mean don't quote me cuz it's obviously not exactly what he's doing but yada 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 the cosmic force Qui-Gon leads Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon leads Yoda to the Force Nexus and teaches yeah. him all kinds of stuff. Like, let's see that in live action with
2: Obi-Wan. There were there were a couple moments where I feel like they definitely left something in there for future stories to be told. Like, how mm-hmm. they left off with Roken um, when he said... I forget what the quote was, but Obi-Wan told Roken something along the lines of like, hey, you're doing a good job or something. And he was like, oh, we're just getting started. Yes. And like, yes. That was like the last thing Roken said. And I'm like, OK, well, and it's uh, a relatively famous actor. So I'm like, yep. all right, we'll expect to see him again. Um, same thing with uh, the conversation that Obi-Wan has with Leia when he mentions, I think I had a brother. Like yeah, that wasn't a throwaway line. No. That is a line. Yes, it me- was. No, it's, it's not, not a throwaway
0: line because it's a, it's a substantial moment for their story together about found family and about accepting your past
1: and moving on to your future. With but you don't think they're going to revisit that, Luke? No, in a, I don't. You know, in a series I, I full of don't. brothers and sisters and sons and daughters, everyone's related to someone. Yes, they it's just, about the they whole series is about Leia's
0: found family and Obi Wan wants to tell her more about her father and mother, and Leia says, "No, it's okay. I know my family. And even though she got these qualities, she's passionate and forthright." And also caring and discerning, and she carries these traits yeah. from her birth parents. But it's about her new family. So real quick, same with Obi Wan.
2: I think Obi Wan Kenobi is still technically considered a limited series. Yeah. Do you think and do you want a season two, Luke? Yes. Uh,
0: I want one. I don't think we'll
2: get one, Matt. Well,
0: I uh, let me let me <laughs> change that because <laughs> I was coming I out. <laughs> I've said I said this for years about the Obi Wan series to start with, like six years ago when it was just a rumor. Yeah. Every year that we don't get it. Ewan McGregor is aging like a fine wine. He can do this when he's 80, and it makes just as much sense as <laughs> yeah. now. So I think we will get one. It might be decades from now, and I'm okay with that. I would rather they do it while Liam Neeson's still alive. He, he is older, so the clock is kind of ticking in that regard. But I do think we'll get one eventually, but it might be a very long time.
1: I hope Liam Neeson is a Matt, huge fan you? of this podcast and just stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> Turns um, it off. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> yeah, show those guys. Um, Real quick, I think season two would be really funny to follow Obi-Wan's brother, and it'd be like the equivalent of watching a Jim Belushi movie versus a John Belushi (laughs) movie.
2: (laughs) Who are you? I'm Ron Kenobi. (laughs) Like
1: Chris Farley's brother. You're like, I know you're funny, but uh, you're
0: not the same. It'll be like Bad Company with... Uh, Chris Rock, where his brother mm-hmm. is a super famous spy. His and identical then they, twin, yeah, yeah, his identical twin that they bring him in. He keeps <laughs> getting
2: hunted like, I am not Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I'm his twin brother.
1: Uh, I promise you. Um, no, I think the same thing. I think I really, I would love one because I think there is more story to be told and I think they can learn from their mistakes as well. Um, and I, I, I don't think it would be necessarily as bleak. I'd be really interested in what they are going to would do though. I'd be interested in seeing if you guys have any theories as well. But yeah, I agree with Luke. I, I think, I want one but I, I don't think we'll we'll get one for a long time.
2: I got a lot of theories, so oh boy, buckle let me up, buckle with up. Me for a second. All right. it's, it's really just one specific theory. Mexico, because four spinoffs about this the hidden
0: path about Reva. About... This... That's exactly <laughs> what I'm about to do. No this... more spoilers. Here this... we
1: go. This episode is just like all of us individually going on like very long rants. It's like five minutes, <laughs> five minutes, five minutes.
2: So I I don't think that they're going to do a second season, and I don't think that they should. However, I think they very intentionally left a lot of doors open for future stories to be told and other. Movies, TV shows, whatever they want to do. So no Kenobi. I'm saying no to Kenobi. And here's here's why I say that. Obi-Wan's fate is very much intertwined with Anakin's. Yeah. I feel like you had to have Darth Vader in this Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And if they do another season of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you can't have Obi-Wan Kenobi without Anakin. But I also don't feel like, logistically, how do you bring back Vader? Because I don't want well, just every season to end with Obi-Wan and Vader fighting each other again with neither one of them winning. Here's my
1: question to you. Do you need it? What if it was, we always talk about Game of Thrones style. What if we followed Kenobi and we followed Vader separately? They don't have to intertwine. Well, I and think that's that interesting. What? Oh, I don't love I, what? I
2: I disagree. I think you can do that and here's my yeah. my uh idea, my suggestion mm-hmm. to Lucasfilm if they want to take me up on it. This, is, this one's for free, guys. Um, what? Use you it. just gave away millions of dollars. <laughs> I think you can so No, it's
1: not. As uh, Under the Force for Thought LLC.
2: <laughs> I think the only way you could go forward with uh, like a Kenobi Season 2 type situation is if Vader is present, but not physically. And you can do that by having some sort of proxy. So I think you could have Vader have some sort of secret apprentice. Maybe his name is Galen Merrick. Maybe he's played by Sam Witwer. Mm-hmm. And it's basically them bringing in a Star Killer from the Force Unleashed video game. Into the current canon, uh, a lot of fans love his character. They would be pumped to have him back. Sam Witwer, I know for a fact, would love to do it. I <laughs> talked to him about this, and um, I, I think that would be a really fun way of doing it, where you you can follow Kenobi, you can follow Vader, but their cro- their paths don't have to cross again, except for some sort of confrontations with this uh, new secret apprentice, Galen Merrick, aka Star Killer. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that I think idea. That's kinda, yeah, me too. That would be awesome. I think that's how they can get away with it. I don't think they will, but I think that there is still a lot of other opportunities for sh- future shows. The one that I really want to see is what I would call Knights of the Hidden Path, huh? and it's exactly what Luke said. It's it's all of the Jedi that we know to this point have survived Order 66, work together to help rescue these Force-sensitive children from being hunted down in the galaxy. You would get a a, a light-side Reva, you would get Quinlan Voss, you would get... Cal Kestis, who now knows about the path from uh, the new Jedi Survivor game. What's a
1: saber looking like?
2: And, oh, we would have our question answered, baby. (laughs) They'll they'll, they'll tell us. (laughs) And then when we go back and play the game, we'll say, okay, no, this is the color I'm using because that's Cal Kestis' lightsaber. Um, And you would get the who I think would be the founder of the path, somebody who was the first person to start rescuing younglings that we know of from Mandalorian season three, and that's Kelleran Beck. We can bring Kelloran back into his own TV show, help lead the Knights of the Hidden Path, and he can help save more younglings in the galaxy.
0: That would be great. Yeah, I would love that. But And also, that would work really well. Uh, Jedi Survivor, you didn't play it, but I did. They do go pretty deep into the Hidden Path lore and what... It leads to potentially in the future, even after Kenobi, and I think it would be really well explored, also as a video game or a comic. Even like I, I would be satisfied with a comic book about that. Any I, I, any medium.
1: I feel like it'd be cool to do a. I feel like what you're saying almost is like a trilogy of miniseries. So you get six episodes of Kenobi, and then you get six episodes of the the path is the the current throughout. and we can follow each of these characters through mm. six episodes.
2: That that be interesting. Kind of like every an six anth- episodes
0: vader shows up and slaughters another hero
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of like an anthology where they all eventually meet up
1: yeah not even they don't have to meet up but just like again kenobi kind of uh, sets I, all i these want things them to up. meet up yeah i mean like yeah, i, I want to see up. a team
2: of jedi in this yeah, in this cool. era of uh the height of the rebel or the height of the empire
1: um that, to-
2: that sounds amazing uh but we are running out of time so final thoughts matt go ahead
1: uh, two quick things. I don't think – we we have to mention the the, the the Kenobi stance that E. McGregor finally did live action, which was fantastic. Mm, yeah. Um, yep. That was great. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing is I think everyone always gives, has been giving Vader flack – it sounds like he's a real person – that he leaves Reva alive. And I think that's like a kind of a – I feel like that's right up as Alex. I think there is good in him, and he, I think there is consistently um, – I, I don't know. I oh think it
0: speaks to his character that he thinks so little of her that she's not even worth his time. Killing like he, yeah, embarrassed her and made her and essentially she... nothing in his mind. And he could kill her. He could leave her and, alive. And nothing. No she could never come
2: back. Nothing changed. He he mentions that he knew what her plan was the entire yeah. time. Like he basically knew that she was just gonna try to kill him, and that she had he had his eye on her the entire time. Yeah,
1: and I think that's one of those things that people complain about because it's it feels more like, uh, plot device to leave her alive.
0: Final thoughts for me. I'm just trying to think of something that I want to have said that we haven't talked about already. Um, The Tamora Morrison cameo is fan service done right. Mm -hmm. That affected Kenobi as a character. That was a good moment. Yeah, the 501st armor especially. And Wade, first sacrificial hero of the Rebellion coming in on the Landspeeder to save the day on Nur. And he gets killed and he's the the first fatality of the Rebellion. That's true. He doesn't get... He got a lot of credit right when it came out, and he has immediately fallen out of everyone's mind. But Wade is a hero, and he shall not be forgotten on this podcast.
1: Last two quick things, so sorry to go back. Vader pulling down the ship, so cool. you oh, yeah, actually seeing that, because that feels like in in any game, you want to see that in live action, they've never d- done it. And then also, to see the Skyhopper that Kenobi gives Luke, uh, that he is messing around with in A New Hope, it is so cool to see him actually get that gift. It's such a small moment, but I really like that. It's like, yeah. very, and it's brand new, and then a new hope. It's like very dirty and old. And the fact that he has that Skyhopper for that long is
2: without really cool. go over the top about it. I feel like again, I feel like that was fan service did done right. It,
1: yeah, it is. It's like such, a, it's such a mm-hmm. stupid minimal thing, yeah. but I'm like, I'm still thinking about it. Kenobi until was I forgot fan about it. And I right. mentioned it later.
0: We haven't talked about Joel Edgerton either as Owen. He he brought he was there to play. He Owen was, great. was sassy and Baru. Mm-hmm. Baru was a badass. Yeah, yeah. I missed
1: yeah. her haircut though from a, from a new hope. Like <laughs> I'm like a little mushroom yeah
2: max any final thoughts my final thought would be to encourage people to rewatch it again i i have this theory where people get too uh ahead of themselves they get too into their head they think about the canon the, the timelines and that it, it takes them out of enjoying the content and i feel like once something is out there and you know what's coming it's kind of easier to enjoy the highs and i feel like there are so many high highs with this tv show it is so fun to watch if you haven't rewatched it i strongly encourage you to do so yeah, I feel like
0: there's a stigma or at least just a reluctance to rewatch series as opposed to movies, which rightfully so. It takes two or three times longer. It's yeah. a much more of a commitment, but it's a shame because Kenobi did benefit from a rewatch in a lot of our minds, and I think it's a great show as well. Yeah. So before we leave, does anyone have any force for thought to <laughs> leave us with?
1: I do. I think for this week's little force for thought is thinking back to seeing if there was a show Star Wars or not, if there is something that you hopped too quick to conclusions about. Uh, from week to week, like Max is saying, um, and going back and trying to like revisit those um, or just maybe, you know, thinking specifically for Kenobi or star Wars to, to go back and maybe give it a little less harsh judgment. Um, I think we've all kind of have done that in the past with, with things. I certainly have. Um, so I'm trying to be better, trying to be more positive. That's why we, we led with positives and not the negatives.
0: Yeah, that's great. Introspection at its finest. So I, I will I will think about that and let you know next week. But let us know what you think. Have you rewatched Kenobi in the last year? Have you Has it gotten better in your mind? Has it gotten worse? What do you think? Do you agree with us? Disagree? Let us know. You can reach out to all of us on social medias. I'm at Kit Fisto blog on Twitter.
2: I am on Twitter as well, at MaxterJedi.
1: You can find me at Filmowski.
0: And you can find all of us across the socials at force for thought Until next time, thanks for listening. See you, Sammy.